Celebrations now all we around need TCU to in do the something. studio here tonight. Also, celebrations in Kansas City. Alex Gold was there watching the parade, covering it. Uh, celebrations all around. Just late, late, set the scene for us, man. What was it like today? I saw plenty of highlights. You know, Travis Kelsey was Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes clearly almost pulling the LeBron of like not two, not three, not four, not five. But you know what? I'd be celebrating too because you got a team that's got a great core and a bright, bright future there in Kansas City. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, I mean, today was amazing. Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of weird now, though. This is the second parade in, in the last four years, and it's the third parade the city's had in the last eight years, going back to when the Royals won the championship back in, in 2015. And uh, this year's crowd, I would say, was the biggest of the, the two uh, football championships, at least. The 2020, it was probably 10 degrees outside. Today, it was in the 40s, so that prompted a much bigger crowd. I haven't seen the, the, the full estimate. Um, but they said in about 2000 and tw- in 2020, they estimated about 800 to a million, and I think the crowd was easily above that. So we'll we'll see what the actual crowd estimate is. But it's been a party in Kansas City ever since ever since Sunday night, and everybody's kind of just running running on adrenaline right now. And I think that'll carry in for another day or so, and then uh, I think this city will sleep this weekend. Alex, I saw Nick Wright had very warm embraces with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Obviously, he's a huge Kansas City supporter. I, I'm just curious, as someone who covers the team, is that is that relationship always this close, or is this just like some post-drunk parade vibes? So, I mean, I can't speak necessarily to, to how close Nick is with uh, you know, with Travis Kelsey Mahomes specifically, look, Nick used to work at the station that I work at now and, and certainly grew up in Kansas City and is a diehard Chiefs fan. Uh, and that goes back to his childhood. And he actually went to high school with the, the, the mayor of Kansas City now. So he's got strong ties to Kansas City. And I think, you know, the, the embrace that you saw today, a lot of that probably has to do with, I mean, he, he's been, as you guys know, uh, extremely uh, on the Kansas City bandwagon this year. <laughs> Uh, and, and I know some people nationally probably don't don't like it, but uh, he's he certainly has not shied away his love uh, for Kansas City, and so it's cool that they did their show uh, from KC today as well. And I think there is a, a pretty strong connection in general, though, uh, the fans have with the players. You know, Kansas City is still a smaller city. It's it's you know the great thing about the NFL, you can be in a city the size of Kansas City uh, and have the face of the league and have the success, and that's the beautiful thing about about the NFL. But there is still kind of that. The small town vibe, even though Kansas City has is, is grown so much in the last decade or so, uh, and the Chiefs and Royals' success in the last decade have, have kind of only propelled that and, and put Kansas City on the map quite a bit more than what it ever has been. How many more years do you think Andy Reid has? Because I thought that was actually his finest coaching job in the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously you got to give credit to the offensive line where he had, what did the Eagles have, three dudes with double-digit sacks, and Mahomes wasn't under pressure the entire game. But I just thought Andy Reid was awesome. How many more years do you think he has? You have to be thinking about that, especially when you have maybe Matt Nagy waiting in line. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's been a conversation uh, this week. It's been a conversation the, the last couple weeks. I, I would say as long as he is able to physically coach yeah. and is healthy, um, I, I believe he'll do it another five-plus years, guys. I mean, if, if you're Andy Reid and you have the energy level that he still has, clearly his, his players love him. I mean, you even look at the former players from Philadelphia – on, on opening night there in Phoenix and his embrace with a couple of those guys uh, that he still has connections to. I, I think as long as his health is there, he'll continue coaching. And think about it, if you're Andy Reid, coaches wait their entire lives to have a crack at, at Super Bowls, and you now have a quarterback, if you're Andy, that's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. Uh, you, you don't leave for that. Uh, you don't walk away from that player. You don't walk away from it at all when you have a chance now to 
to stack up what seemingly seems like a bunch of rings. You got two now, and Patrick Mahomes is only 27 years old. I, I know there's no guarantees, of, uh, but right now I think uh, most people in Kansas City, at least, if I told you that you could only lock in three rings right now, they would. there's no way they would take that because they're thinking he's getting four or more at this point. Yeah, I mean, I already think he's the greatest to ever do it. And so now, like, they got so creative, though, with the roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Like, people freaked out because they traded away Tyreek Hill. And instead, you brought in Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS and guys on the cheap. What do they do this offseason, like, if they're going to be back in the spot? Because I don't see a Super Bowl hangover for Andy Reid and Mahomes. But obviously, you know, Kelsey's getting a little bit older. What do you think they need to do on both sides of the ball to be back in this position next year? Here's the beautiful thing is they have so many options, I think, to where they can go. I don't believe they'll be active in free agency that heavily, right? I, I think a lot of these guys that they have intact right now, and being the fact that they played so many rookies, they had the second most snaps, including the postseason, of rookies in the entire league, and they won a Super Bowl doing that. So not that every single one of them is going to take this giant leap, but I think there's some confidence through player development that a lot of these young players that contributed this season are going to get better and I think that'll be part of the offseason approach there's some decisions that have to be made Chris Jones is going to get a huge contract I don't know how you let that guy walk at this point uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was on a one-year deal I tend to think he'll be back but we'll see he's probably the hottest name on the wide receiver market in a weak wide receiver market this offseason so you know I think everybody's confidence in them figuring it out on offense is, is pretty high you know there were valid concerns about what the wide receiver core would be and they're not going to have a top wide receiver core that's not happening but I think we found out this year they don't have to you know they, they, they can make do with what they have because right now Patrick Mahomes is still under 30 you know I think Ryan you know as a Packers guy I think if Mahomes was 33 years old or Aaron Rodgers age you probably do have to make sure you surround him with some more talent at the wide receiver position. But right now, Mahomes is young enough and the talent level is off the charts that you don't need to have a bunch of studs at wide receiver. As long as, I've maintained this in KC, as long as Travis Kelsey is performing at a Hall of Fame level and is still a 1,000-plus yard receiver, and, right, and he's yeah. been better than that, of course, then you don't have to make sure you have that stud number one because he is that already for you. Alex Gold, 610 Sports in Kansas City. Also here on the BetQL Network, including Saturday mornings, countdown to 10 a.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Radio and BetQL. A show I, uh, I knew very well. I used to do with Grant Paulson. You guys are doing a great job. Uh, so if we look at now kind of bigger picture for Kansas City, you look at the offseason, not a lot of holes to fill. That's a great spot to be in. Your quarterback's locked up. Your talent's all there. Uh, you just keep pushing forward. But then there's the outside forces, Alex, where it comes to you know other teams in the AFC. Uh, the, the, the division specifically. I mean, we went into the season thinking that division was going to be the best in football, and then, well, Denver was terrible, and the Raiders were horrible, and you're like, well, Chargers are a playoff team, but just barely. What do you see next year in terms of how that division looks? Do you think that it's better than what we had this year? Do you think it kind of stays the same, where Kansas City is by far and away the best team in that division, or you know, can somebody catch up to them? Yeah, I mean, look, it's going to sound like, like being a homer here in Kansas City, but I mean, if if it didn't happen this year, I would argue uh, when the hell is it going to happen in the AFC West to stop this seven-year run? I mean, we know the Raiders tried to go all in with Devontae Adams. That failed miserably, not because of Devontae Adams, but just everything involved there. They still have the same head coach who I don't think is all that comparable uh, to uh, what we've seen uh, for other teams that have actually been able to, to contend. I, I think Josh McDaniels uh, isn't that type of coach. We saw out in L.A., Justin Herbert this year, they couldn't get it done. Well, now they're going to have to start paying him. Their job gets more challenging. We know the Broncos and Russell Wilson have to take massive strides uh, forward. So I, I don't think anybody is, is all that worried about the division. It still will come down to 
next year, Cincinnati and Buffalo, and what can Jacksonville do? If Jacksonville could go out and add another big playmaker on defense, they become more of a challenge. But, I mean, I just told you guys, this was the year the Chiefs were supposed to take the step back, that they were going to have challenges, uh, and now they're better positioned than what they were a season ago. And they still have 11 draft picks. Um, so I, I don't believe uh, that there is a challenger in the AFC West. And we'll see how the AFC shapes out. But the Chiefs are Super Bowl favorites already for a reason. I expect that to be the case heading into the season. And Andy Reid doesn't win fewer than 12 games really any year other than year one. So if they're going to win 12-plus, that means they're going to be in the conversation for a top-two seed again. And, I mean, honestly, can after everybody that, that tried to discount what they would be this year, I don't know how anybody can give me a solid argument right now that, that, that they won't be one of those top two or three teams again. Now, do they win the Super Bowl again next year? Obviously, crazy things happen, and, and it, so much has to happen for anybody to win a Super Bowl. Um, but they have, once again, as good of a shot as anybody, and this is why everybody in KC is fired up today, uh, knowing that Joe Burrow's going to have to get paid here this offseason. The Bills went all in, and it backfired on them this past season, unfortunately, with the Von Miller injury. So uh, Kansas City is in as good a spot as any football team could possibly be in for the next couple of years. I'm curious, Alex, as we talk about Eric Bieniemy, um, I think that there's yeah. some unfair unfair knocks on him because Andy Reid does call some plays. We were talking about best offensive coordinators potentially in the game, and you know, even in the conversation that I had casually, people were like, well, Andy Reid calls the plays, not Eric Bieniemy." But then some of the stuff comes out about the plays that were called uh, against the Eagles in the Super Bowl that he found uh, against the mm-hmm. Jaguars in, like, week four, those misdirection plays. Like, w- what is your take on some of the criticism of Eric Bieniemy? how much he actually is calling plays versus Andy Reid, and what the best move for him would be moving forward? So I think it's crazy that he doesn't have a head coaching gig, and it sounds like, Trista, you, you kind of agree with me there. I mean, he should be a head coach by now. Uh, however, you're right, he doesn't call the plays. He calls in the plays, but he's not the one calling the plays. That's been brought up, but I, I still roll my eyes at that even because Doug Peterson didn't call the plays in Kansas City when he was the OC for Andy Reid. He goes and gets the head coaching gig with the Eagles, has success, of course, wins a ring. Matt Nagy, same situation, didn't call plays in Kansas City, gets a head coaching gig uh, with the Chicago Bears. There's been other coaches in general that have been hired with no play-calling experience that have gotten head coaching gigs. So to me, if that's the the, the thing people point at, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, Andy Reid is the mastermind in in Kansas City. No doubt, it's just it hasn't impacted others. And so it makes you wonder what else is going on out there. And, you know, now I think his biggest problem is he's no longer the hot name even. At least two years ago, he was the hot name, as we know. You kind of have this two- or three-year cycle. Uh, Byron Leftwich found this out as well. He was probably going to be a head coach two years ago, guys, and now he's fired uh, after things went south in Tampa this year. Um, as far as the best path now, I think it's ridiculous that EB has to potentially take this path, but I do think he needs to get out of Kansas City if that really is the holdup. And so go be an offensive coordinator. However, the problem is, uh, I thought Baltimore would have been a great fit. And now it seems like Washington might be the only opportunity to go be an OC and call plays. And do you really want to make it happen with Sam Howell? I we'll guess take him, you, Alex. We'll I'll, take him in I mean, D.C., man. I'll take I, it all sure day. You, and then they'll fire on him there and the enemy will be the head coach. I don't and think so. That's what I was going to ask uh, <laughs> on top of that. If, if going to the commanders is the, the move, doesn't he have to essentially surpass everything that the success was with the Chiefs in order for him to get credit? Well, look, I mean, if he gets Sam Howell in that offense uh, moving like Mike Kafka did with Daniel Jones with the Giants, then, then, I mean, honestly, guys, how on earth 
can anybody come up with a reason that he shouldn't be a head coach? And and to me, if he does that in Washington, if he takes the gig and has success and still isn't getting hired, then you know, look, I'm not saying every owner operates this way, but then I think it just becomes so damn blatant about the the, the hiring practices in the NFL if that's still not good enough. I, I know people will bring up some incidents that he did have legally uh, back in the past, but that was in the 90s, guys. That was in the 90s, and he had a DUI in the early 2000s. We really think that's what's preventing it. Those are, to me, excuses mm-hmm. at this point. You know, Matt, Matt Patricia got a head coaching gig with the Detroit Lions. Now, he was never charged but he was uh, in or convicted, but he was indicted for sexual assault back in the 90s and still got head coaching gig with the Lions. So anybody bringing up some of the, the, the stuff in the past from his college days is absolutely crazy from 30 years ago. Yeah, it has been a mystery when it comes to Eric Bieniemy. So I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, dude, I'll take him to Washington, man, and make Sam Howell a star, and then Ryan will be happy, I'll be happy, everybody yeah. will be happy. <laughs> Alex Gold, 610 Sports in Kansas City, the BetQL Network. Good talking to you, buddy.